Hey, visionaries, welcome back to the show and to our second official episode of 2023, the new year. I am just so excited to be here with you and to be approaching the five-year anniversary of this podcast. So whether you've been here for a couple days or you've been here since our very first season five years ago, it's totally hard to believe. I am just so grateful that you're part of this Visionary Life community, and I'm really excited for you to listen to today's episode. So you might sense a theme as I navigate January, and that is that we are talking a lot about mindset. And you guys know I am all about marketing. I love talking about marketing, the energy behind your marketing, where to show up, how to show up, etc. But one thing that I also recognize is that without the right mindset, your marketing strategy may not work as well as you want, right? We need to really believe in what's possible and to have the mindset that we are limitless when it comes to how we connect with our clients and customers, rather than feeling like we're in a box and success is not possible for me, or I could never grow an email list or build a TikTok or insert marketing strategy here. So I'm really excited because today on the show, I am talking with Katherine Farkason, and she is a mindset and transformation coach for women who want to cultivate a life with no limits. I mean, hello, sign me up. We had such a pleasureful conversation. Lots of juicy topics were cracked into, and she has so much to share. So Kath, Catherine and I are diving into how to master your mindset as an entrepreneur. We talk about what a transformation coach does and why she is passionate about a concept called unlocked and unlimited. We talk about the nature of change, the dips that we navigate as entrepreneurs, and she is able to so eloquently explain how our mindset plays such a key role in our day-to-day operation as business owners. So I'm really, really excited to share this episode with Catherine with you. If you want to learn more about Catherine Farkason, she's got the best domain on planet Earth. It is just mindsetcoaching.ca. And she also has an incredible Instagram account, which you can find from her website. So before we dive into this incredible conversation with Catherine, I also just wanted to say hello and connect with you. This is one of my favorite things to do at the beginning of the podcast is to just talk about what's going on behind the scenes and to let you in on where I've been. So obviously the Christmas season is over. I came into January with the flu, but I'm feeling better. And now I am just head down, so excited for what's happening in January. So we are launching your 2023 leap. It is a mindset and marketing coaching program. And so many of you have already told us how excited you are for this synergy between mindset coaching with mindset expert Emily Elliott and marketing coaching with myself. So if you jive with this episode and you're like, what is this whole mindset thing? I think that your 2023 leap might be the 90 day program that you've been waiting for. So you can head to kelseyridle.com slash 2023 if you want to learn about that. And obviously this is the time when I'm thinking a lot about goal setting and 
I do not have my strategic planning fully done for the new year, but there are a few things that have been on my mind that I really am working towards. So a few of those goals that I have top of mind for at least the first quarter of the year are number one, continuing on my meditation journey. I am someone who has a lot of different practices to relieve stress and to manage my emotions. I love to work out and exercise and be in nature, but meditation is something that I've kind of had as an idea of something that I wanted to incorporate into my daily routine that just never stuck. And one of the big reasons for me bringing meditation in is because there's so much research behind the fact that just 12 or 13 minutes of meditation every day can really help with focus. And I don't know if this is just an entrepreneur thing or if I'm the only one that feels this way, but I have so much trouble focusing some days. And I think honestly, that's one of the reasons I thrive working for myself versus working in an office is because I can switch tasks and I can bounce around as often as I want. But I also feel like there is something in my brain that's constantly just leaping from left to right to up to down. So meditation is something that I'm really working towards in hopes that can support my level of focus through the weekdays. And I will hopefully report back on that. A couple other things that I am working on right now. I'm trying to really get strategic about my presence with search engine optimization. So as you all know, SEO has been so vital in the growth of my business over the last few years. And right now, when you type in marketing coach or business coach or, um, you know, business coach in Toronto, I pop up on page one of Google, but there are also a lot of keywords that I feel like I could be ranking for that I'm not. So I'm getting really serious about my keyword maps, uh, scheduling in a lot of content that's gonna relate back to the keywords that I wanna rank for. And I'm just really excited to take my SEO and website traffic a little more seriously this year and to watch those metrics grow up. So I actually hired a growth marketer to support me with this and I'm really, really excited about that. And just a couple other things. Well, one of the other main things that I'm so excited about is continuing adventures in the cold. So a few years ago, I got into the art of cold plunging. I'm sure many of you have gotten into it too, as it's grown in popularity. Um, But beyond cold plunging, I'm really excited to just continue embracing what winter has to offer. Yes, winter is a great time to slow down and to go inwards, and it's a season for reflection and just a lot more quiet time, but I also want to celebrate the cold weather and to enjoy beautiful snowy days and to get on my fat bike and maybe even do another paddleboard down the frozen river and to make sure that I'm really living in the winter versus just letting a season pass me by. So being intentional about enjoying what this beautiful planet Earth is giving us versus resisting it. So anyways, this is me just chit-chatting like we're having coffee together at the local coffee shop. Uh, But why don't we dive into this week's episode? Again, you're going to love this chat with Catherine. If you do enjoy it, please take a screenshot and you can tag Catherine at CF underscore mindset coaching. You can also tag me at Kelsey Rydell. And that's it for now. I hope you have an incredible day and we will see you next week. Mm
Catherine, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm really excited to sit down and have this conversation. You and I met a couple of months ago randomly at a conference downtown Toronto. We were both recording live podcasts and I just knew there was something special about your energy. And I think I had actually connected with you on Instagram previously when I looked back in our DMs. So it's one of those, you know, serendipitous moments. But here we are. We're about to get to know each other a little bit better and record this to all of our thousands of Visionary Life listeners. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. It's my pleasure. I love that our paths led us to this moment. This is so great. It's perfect. So where I want to start is that I noticed in your Instagram bio, it says the words unlocked and unlimited right at the top, right beside your name. And for some reason, my eye was drawn there. And I'm like, I wonder why she wrote that. And it really provoked curiosity in me and I'm sure many others who find you on social media. So I'm curious, what do those words unlocked and unlimited mean to you? And why did you write those there? Well, well, I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to like dive right on into like a mindset. Let's go. Um, but for me, those two words, they, they bring out or they emulate exactly what is available for us when we are able to um, get out of our habitual ways of thinking. So I like to look at it like we're locked in on um, perception, you know, based on our conditioning, based on patterns and paradigms and, and, you know, the world as we grew up in. And when we unlock from that, you know, way of, of perceiving everything, then everything becomes unlimited. So possibilities become endless. It's like literally like taking a lid off of yourself. Mm. So we all have like a cap, we bump up against that cap, even in, um, in, in your business, when you talk about on your website about having, you know, you get to a certain level and you flatline. I look at it like the same thing. It's like our thinking gets us to a certain level and then we flatline. So then we want to unlock it to the next level so that we, um, become unlimited. Mm-hmm. Is everybody self-aware enough to know when they flatline? Because I feel like it's just so normal to kind of just like maybe hit a wall where we feel like we're locked and very limited, but we actually don't know or have this awareness that it's possible to circumvent this block or rise above it. Like how how do you see that playing out in the world? Do people realize when they're blocked? It's such a good question. I, I don't think that people, all people do. I think that a lot of people think that that's just how things are. That is their yes. reality. This is, that's it. I hit the limit, the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they keep hitting that limit over and over again. So part of what I always look for are signals of repetition. So how often are you hitting the limit or are you noticing that same kind of pattern in different areas of your life? And when that starts to happen, the limit becomes, it's almost like it becomes tighter. Like the lid is like closing in, in a way. And then it feels like sometimes people think, gosh, I wonder if there's anything on the other side of this, but I don't think it's everybody. I think some people think that that's just how things are. Mm -hmm. 
Can you give us just some examples of where people encounter these limits in their life or what your clients commonly present as where they're feeling locked and limited? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think the easiest one to use as an example would be um, money. Money. So, So people will hit a certain income um, and feel like that's their limit. They're just, there's not a reality where they're going to earn more than that amount. Yeah. That's just how it is. Um, Or you usually can sort of hear it in language, like I'll never like, uh, and there's this idea. It's interesting because there's this idea that other people are, um, can have these things. Other people can evolve, but there's so often with, with women in particular, but a lot of, a lot of people is this idea that like, we're the exception to the rule that somehow it's possible for other people to go past that limit, but not for, not for me. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I feel like that is so, so, so common. And when a client comes to you, is there like a, a process that you would bring them through of like identifying what the limiting beliefs are that they have or where these blocks are? Mm hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting because what people, this is why I love being a coach because it's very hard to navigate this, these terrains for yourself. Like we're the ones who create the problem. It's very difficult to see how we might be able to find the solution. So when we, when people come in, it'll be with some form of a, of a, of a thing that they want to work through. Maybe they want to, you know, unlock they yep. know they've watched it recur enough times. So usually it's through the repetition that you can start to see things. Hmm. Um, and what I often suggest for clients, actually, and this is like a weird thing, but I, I actually suggest that the resistances that come up in the work are actually the place to start. So instead of going into the life reason that they came maybe to do with something with their business instead of going straight into what is the um the presenting problem Mm. what i like to look at is how are you approaching being here in the solution so it's hilarious because all the old things come up so we want to change but we don't necessarily really want to do the work to do the change so things will come up like uh you know not wanting to uh you know, do the, the things that are required as part of, you know, the work or, um, uh, being disorganized or overwhelmed or like they're, they're actually like a subset to the problem. So we start there very small things. So it'll be more like getting almost a, a handle on these little weight, like bite-sized shifts that we make that then Mm -hmm. when, when, when you look at, enough areas and moments in your life where you start to feel like you're really empowered and you actually can change Mm. and then we start to bring in the bigger stuff and if and then there's a a much stronger belief that's already starting to be formed where it's like oh i actually like like i can trust myself it's it's like a self-trust exercise in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways I love that visual of doing the bite-sized stuff to really like start to build our trust back with ourselves and to build that confidence that might allow us to unlock in a bigger area or to actually focus on the problem that, you know, we came to you with, but it's like those micro shifts and micro wins that probably give us that, 
um, just like awareness that, oh my gosh, it's possible for me as a human being to transform and to make changes that I may have once seen as impossible. That's right. It's through those small things that we, you know, I mean, you can use an analogy of like turning a ship. It's like you, you, you do it little thing by little thing, by little thing, by little thing. And the more mm. every little shift from a mindset perspective opens up more perception. So by the time we get to the bigger thing, that realm of, of, uh, possibility is so much wider because you've shown yourself already how much you can do when you make a decision to, to, um, you know, do things more consciously. It's really cool. And I know you've made many decisions like this to make changes in your life. I believe before you did mindset and transformation coaching, you were actually in the arts doing more photography. How did you make such a change? Because oftentimes when we find ourselves in a career path and if it's working and we're like, okay, the paychecks are rolling in, I have clients. And then we have this thought that maybe this isn't where I want to be forever there is a lot of resistance and we think, nope, nope, stay where you are. You're good. Be grateful for what you have. How did you navigate such a transformation and any observations of how you were able to, you know, transform your own life specifically in your career? It's, that's such a good example because uh, I was actually just talking about this with my clients this morning because there's so often this assumption that first of all, that things need to be a struggle. So in order for things to be a struggle, mm -hmm. we need something to be really bad before we make a change. That's like a commonly unconsciously accepted belief. So to do a career change, usually it would be like, I'm unhappy. It's like, it's a problem. And that's a great way to instigate a change too. In my situation, I didn't do it from that. I actually did it from the, I made the shift from the peak of my photography career. Hmm. And so it was more like risk taking from the place of what else, what's possible? What else could I like really listening to my heart and my calling and um, wanting to, you know, not compromise on my life's journey by being comfortable doing something that I'm, you know, just already good at. So it was funny because when I first made this transition, people, um, you know, they were like, why, why would you do this? You're, you're so good. You're so good at photography. Like why, you know? So it's almost like just because, and I'm like that I can be good at that and I can mm -hmm. evolve. Um, one of the main things from jumping from one industry to another that, that for, I always look at from, even if you're going from corporate or go, going into a, um, starting a business, like any huge identity shift like that requires, uh, like there's like a lag in the subconscious mind of understanding like where we're at. So I always say like a, a person who is hired by employers have different thoughts uh, than someone who runs their own business. Like they have different problems. They have different beliefs about themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they have different hurdles that they have to get over mentally to be able to live out the new identity. So for me with coaching in the beginning, so this was about seven years ago, I, I heard all those little voices inside that were saying like, well, who does she think she is? Like, 
you know, she's a photographer. And I imagined all this eye rolling, like, oh, now she's a coach, you know, and, and all these judgments. So I was actually like doing it in secret because I was so afraid to put myself out there. And so in what I have found working with my clients and also from my own experience is like the inner part is such an important part of like graciously navigating yourself through because it's maybe as difficult as making the actual change. Like mm-hmm. it, it takes, um, you know, patience and, and a real understanding of why, like, like how your mind can be making things more difficult for you or, or making you think that there's a lid where there isn't, or making you think that there are no options or there are no customers or like, who's going to buy from me? All of those things are when we haven't actually got any evidence yet of what mm-hmm. has come. And it's just blind faith in yourself. <laughs> like that requires a really strong inner game. So we don't want to start with like the biggest thing. We want to mm-hmm. start with like small, small muscle building things that help us like get to the place where we can look someone in the eye and like, this is what I'm doing. And I'm really good at it. Mm -hmm. Are there any other things that we can do? Say we're in the early stages of starting to trust ourselves and to expand our mindset. What are a few of those other things that we can do to start mastering our own inner game? I know you mentioned making small decisions and building that trust. Is there anything else that you would suggest to somebody who this is quite new to? I would suggest spending time every day sitting in the energy of the, as much as you can gather in Mm. yourself, the energy of what it would, will feel like when this is normalized for you, when it's successful Mm. for you, when it's not something that you have to think about in the same way anymore. So in the beginning, like I said, it's so rocky mentally because you don't have any evidence, but eventually as things get going, you start to have some evidence. Like you have customers, you have clients, you have results, you have testimonials. Those make it a lot easier to believe that you're like in the right place, doing the right thing and that everything is going to be okay. Hmm. In the beginning, you don't have that. So what I like to do is like borrow the energy and the beliefs of that that person down the road, that, that version of you down the road, borrow it now and like put it on. So you put on the energy, like how does she sit? Or he, how does he sit? Um, um, what kind, you know, I mentioned that, that, that entrepreneurs have different kinds of questions than people who are um, employed. So like what kinds of questions would that person have? And yeah. like practice actually thinking those questions and like what kind of problems am I going to be thinking about? And um, um, what is my day ahead going to be like? And just using it almost as a way to comfort your imagination, your nervous system at the same time. And it's almost like a visualization of what's yeah. to come, right? Like sitting in that energy. And I love that you say kind of borrowing beliefs or borrowing that energy from your future self or where you know you want to get to. So that's a really cool exercise. I've never really thought of it like that, but I'm excited to try that in my own life. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say it's a little different from a visualization in the sense that so often our visualizations will use our imagination and take us into our mind. And so 
depending on the visualization. Sometimes we just use that word and it's actually not like visual. Uh, the key to this is going to be the feeling part because it's our, the programming that we're overriding, that we're like adjusting, I'll call it, overriding sounds a little aggressive. <laughs> the programming that we are shifting is coming from the subconscious. So not very much of our conscious mind is aware of it at, in the first place. So it can't be changed with our conscious mind. It has to be changed with our subconscious mind. And the way to access the subconscious mind is through our feeling body. So we want to take it out of the head. So the biggest struggle that people have without a shadow of a doubt is they're trying to solve all of their problems with their head. So we want to take it inside where we're just feeling through the possibilities and, um, and what it, experimenting in a way, like what might it feel like, as opposed to it being like, how am I going to scale this thing? And how am I going to get these clients and that type of thing? So anyway, I just wanted to separate the, the distinction in case it's helpful. As a business owner, your first priority needs to be your health. After all, your body is your vessel to bring your dreams into reality. And without your health, nothing else matters. So in addition to eating lots of fruits and veggies and whole foods, I'm also a big fan of topping up my diet with superfoods like Brazil nuts and cashews. I take high quality supplements like fish oil and lion's mane, and I use natural self-care products that aren't harmful to my health. And that's where Healthy Planet comes in and is a huge support. Healthy Planet is my go-to spot for all things health and fitness and wellness. I love that they have everything I need in one place, from natural beauty to supplements to organic whole foods. Plus, their prices are unbeatable. I know I'm getting the best possible deals on everything that I need. So Healthy Planet is more than just a health food store. It's really a one-stop shop for everything you need. And I want to pass on a discount code from Healthy Planet Canada. So use the code VISIONARY2022 at checkout on any online order and have everything shipped straight to your doorstep. So again, head to healthyplanetcanada.com and use the code VISIONARY2022 at checkout to save 10% on any online order over $50. As business owners and entrepreneurs, you said you've been doing coaching now for something like seven years. Uh, I'm assuming you're on this journey too of needing to borrow beliefs and needing to sit in energies of who you're becoming mm -hmm. and unlocking a new part of you that maybe you've never unlocked before. So is this something you practice in your own life too? And if so, like, what is your journey right now? And what comes up for you when you're taking it inside and really imagining that next unlocked version of Catherine? Ooh, I love this question. First of all, absolutely. So I'm a huge, huge believer of uh, always being on the path that I am teaching, first of all. I would, and I would never want to learn from someone who is like complete, you know, like I want to learn from someone who is always learning. So that's my promise to myself. And also to my, I mean, it's an unconscious promise that I make to my clients. Like I'll never ask you to do anything that I'm not doing. Mm. Like that's, I'm not sitting here eating pie and being like, go and do your meditation. Yep. No. Um, so 
the other thing that I'm very aware of is that we we can only learn as far as the person that we're learning from has learned. Yeah. So for me, that that is a huge call to my own expansion because I want to be able to help people more. And so the only way I can do that is by, you know, discovering what I discover as I go along. So for my own journey, I've hired a bunch of coaches myself over the years. And that's also been really interesting to see, you know, the change of the kinds of people and coaches and programs that I gravitate towards that's changed dramatically. Um, And uh, in the beginning, when I was first starting the business, what I was looking for was tactical stuff. Yeah. So strategy, right? And what I have learned is, you know, strategy is actually like they say like 5% of what's required. And it's uh, 95% is mindset. So it's Mm like, and I, most people come in and they're like, what do I do? I'm sure you must see this all the time. Like, tell me what to do. Yeah. And you and then they can't understand why they're doing doing the same things as other people and they're not getting the same results. They're not understanding that it's actually an inside thing. So I would say for me, for the first biggest portion of my coaching career, I really learned from the leaders of people who had really successful coaching businesses. So I learned um, you know, a bunch of different models and, and modalities for, for growing the business. And what I learned was like, there's an underlying assumption that, and it, and I know your clients are in a whole bunch of different areas, but I'm, I'm curious if it's the same where there's like the mainstream approach to the thing, which is like, of course you would want to have it be as big as humanly possible. And if, in order for that to happen, you have to do all of these things. You have to mm-hmm. do all. This. And so I did all the things. I'm a really good student. And then I also did all the things from the mindset perspective. And what has been the most uh, exciting for me of this time was like by by marrying the things with the mindset, I had the success that, you know, is quote unquote promised from these types of things. And then with the onion of this development work, I started to get more interested in well, what do I want to be doing? Like, I, it's fine. I can, I can, I'm, I'm really, I'm a high performer. I can get results from all the things that you're trained to be doing. And what I have noticed in the conversations that I started to have with my clients over the years has actually more to do with, well, it's not the same for everybody. Like, what does your heart want? Like, is it numbers? Is it, is it a certain financial number? Is it, like what, what quality of impact do you want to know people personally? Do you want your name to be known? Like all these things that people often will bypass just to go straight to the, the strategy. Like yep. They're just looking outside of themselves at other people who are doing this, the same kind of thing. And then they're trying to copy measure up. And it's, it's a hamster wheel that, um, that uh, wears out. So, it's an interesting evolutionary time where I feel like if um, 
I feel like there's, and maybe this is because I'm attracting more people like this, but feels like there are more people who are like, there's got to be another way. Like, I don't want to do this this way anymore. And that's sort of where I started to feel like I'm like, I'm getting really, really tired running the machine. Mm -hmm. And I started to get more clear in on like, what, what am I really good at? What are my gifts? And now I'm shifting into building my business to prioritize the use of what I enjoy and the use of my gifts instead of it being about the structure of the form of the business. So it's like, it's totally reversed. Oh, this is such a, a, yeah, a topic of interest to me. And I know for a lot of the people listening, like they're also too having this conversation in their head of, well, the reason why I got into my business is because I have the heart to Mm -hmm. do my craft, like the thing that I'm either experienced in or went to school for or that I'm passionate about. But then in order to do this for a living Mm -hmm. and to meet my goal, whatever that goal may be, I have to learn this structure and strategy and tactical. And then they find themselves constantly straddling back and forth between the two. And oftentimes learning the business side actually just takes away so much of the joy of why they even got into this in the first place. But they know that if they just focus on their craft and doing what they love, that the business might tank because they're not going to stay afloat. And it's like, of course, there are ways to overcome this. But I'm curious, have you figured out how you're going to stay in what you love and maybe hand off the mechanics or not deal as much with that? Like, what are you doing to mitigate that feeling of, I don't want to be in this like structured growth mania scaling of a company? Yeah. Well, I want to say, first of all, the biggest uh, hurdle to get over, I think, to be able to even allow yourself to have this conversation authentically uh, has to do with the ego. Like, I call it like a vanity. So when when you present in a way that is acceptable because it is the way that everyone else is doing it, so everyone has agreed this is what it should look like, there and and you succeed at it, it's it can be scary to be like, well, what like I want to measure up. I want to I want to, you know, I want to continue to be at that level and be seen by other people at that level. So mm-hmm. it's a huge part of the fear is like almost like prioritizing what we imagine again, other people might be thinking about us versus like, what do I, like, what do I really want to do? So to answer your question before this one around, like, how do I keep up with this myself in this work is this is where I take it to my mindset work. So Hmm. I like to play around with giving myself permission to have all options. So instead of it being about the things that I see outside of me, I start to say, okay, if success was inevitable and I couldn't fail, what would I be doing? Like, forget all the voices saying it has to be this way. Like, you know, you need to hustle or you need to like, you know, go, go, go. It's like putting that away because that's not your heart's voice. That's <laughs> something else entirely. So if you're going to really listen to your heart to be like, hey, how am I doing? Like, how do I, how do I feel about what I've created? You know, and am I still living out the reason that I came in to be doing this? 
Now you might be discovering that there are parts that you enjoy. So for example, I love being in service with people and I also discovered I actually really love selling. So it's, it's not like you can only have the one thing that you enjoy as you build your business, you'll discover there's like certain parts of business that are fun. You know, maybe sometimes people love, uh, you know, the graphic design component of things or the creativity side of things where, so it's not only the one reason that we came in very often. It's not the only thing that we like. It, there's, there's other things. So I start to pay more attention to that where I'm like, okay, so if success is inevitable and I can't fail and money is no issue, like what would I be doing? And it totally opens up my imagination to like just giving myself permission to have anything be a possibility hmm. and and allowing, instead of looking for one answer, I like to look for an array of answers. So on different days, I'll do different hypothetical scenarios. So I might be like, well, what would happen if I, you know, shut this thing down and then I, you know, I reopened as this, or uh, what if I evolved from this into this type of thing? Or what if I took this really big thing and I made it small? Or what if I took the, like, what it would be like if my business was a boutique business? What would it be like if it was a brand name that was in every household? What would, and it's like allowing in mm. more range. And in that we start to be able to notice again, it kind of comes back to the feeling of like, when, when do you start to go like, Oh, that would be yeah. fun. So it ends up being more of a play experience and not, not a uh, pressure-filled scenario. Now, I love using my Google Calendar. Is this something I need to be scheduling? <laughs> because like I literally like I schedule in my walks with my dog, my grocery shop later, my client calls, my updating all my client charts. Like, and I'm thinking, damn, I deserve more time to play and dream about what I actually want to do with this business versus showing up for all my appointments. And I love what I do, but like, I always want to be thinking about what's next, but I don't have time for that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure my <laughs> listeners don't either. <laughs> just kidding. There's the limiting belief, right? But like, is this something that you've just cultivated and it just like, I wake up and I play and I dream and I brainstorm or like, do you actually have like a formality around it? Yeah, I love this question. Um, the first thing that I accepted as my belief is that because different, uh, positions have different, um, thoughts and problems, like we were talking about, I like to think of that as the difference between the CEO way of thinking and the worker B way of thinking. Hmm. And so the CEO is the visionary of the business. And if you think about in a corporation, like their job is actually to be thinking about. There's nothing more valuable that you could be doing with your time than spending it thinking in this way. Mm. And when we are only thinking about the tasks and the to-dos and getting through the things, that's more worker B where it's like you clock in, you clock out, like I did the job. But if you think about which one actually starts to generate that, sh that, that, the, that slow turn of the boat, Without the CEO paying attention to this, the boat doesn't turn. 
And that's part of what ends up happening when years pass and you're like, I'm still, still struggling, still Mm -hmm. doing this. And then you get burnt out because you're like the grind. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So I think that of all the things to do on a daily basis, I think that there's nothing more important than making time for this. So where, where I like to think of is like, where in my day do I have the energy for this type of thinking? So for some people, Mm. waking up and getting straight to work is the most productive thing because their mind is so busy, they're already in their work. In which case, you know, be that person who is, you know, up at five on the computer, sending the emails, doing the things like if that feels like, yeah, 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 I've completed half a day by 8am. Then at 8am, that would be your time to go into like a slower mode. Mm. For most people, the easiest time to be able to access the energy that I'm talking about is first thing in the morning. So I, I never miss a day, like Monday to Monday, like an hour every morning, like doing my whole, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do I ask myself that question every single day? No. Like sometimes I have a problem that I actually have to work out. And so I'll journal, um, on that problem. So it's not always the same thing, but generally I give myself the journaling or visioning time of the morning to just spend with that kind of thinking. Like, does this feel good? Like, is what I'm creating where is it coming from? Like, is it coming from my head? Is it coming from my heart? Like, are we aligned here? Are we good? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's the same thing as, you know, in a romantic relationship, we have to spend time checking in with our, with our partner and be like, are we connected right now? And if, if it's too, it's the same thing. If too many days go by and you're not connected, it starts to suffer. Hmm. So sometimes I'm just sitting there, like, I'm not even like trying to do anything. I'm just, like yesterday, I was really, really tired. So I just put on a beautiful song and I just sat there and I just listened to the song. So it's it's not always, again, it's this letting go of this idea that it has to be productive all the time. Mm-hmm. It's actually just about letting yourself be in that space. And then the funny thing is, is that like an idea will pop in and then you go run and grab yeah. the journal. So it's like, it comes to you as long as there's space for there to be reception. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love listening to what you share on that with, and then having like this, you know, other vision of like Gary Vaynerchuk saying hustle, hustle, like we mentioned before. And it's like this dichotomy of like, there are so many ways to run a business. But I think what we've been told is that the more you work, the more successful you can become. But what I'm realizing is that that's a program that I've downloaded onto myself and that a lot of us have. And that sometimes the best work that we can do is actually stepping away and tuning back in and knowing that even if we don't feel productive, there's something happening and maybe things need to move through you and you have to be patient sometimes for that next idea or that next vision to come, right? It doesn't always happen right away, but that can feel really awful for somebody who always wants to be moving the boat forward or steering the ship forward it's like okay I sat there like where's the clarity Mm -hmm. but like there's no timeline for it like sometimes you just need to honor it's so uncomfortable uncomfortable. (laughs) yeah but it's 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 funny though because other if if we're not doing that 
then we're just keeping busy and then it becomes exactly. addictive. Mm-hmm. So then we're just numbing yep. ourselves. Like, yep. yep. So it's interesting too. I feel like one thing I've learned over having this business and two businesses really. So it's been like a long time that I've, I've been in business, but I would say like the coaching business in particular, what I have learned is like, we really do go through seasons. And so yeah, that energy of hustle, 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 go do it. We don't want it to come from lack, right? So if we're hustling, hustling, because we're like, oh, God, if, I don't, if I don't keep up, I'm going to, oh, I got to, got to keep going. Gotta keep. That's a different thing than waiting, 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 having the clarity of what's truly for you. Mm. It's going to not, it's going to completely light your fire. And when you're lit, then it, I wouldn't even call it hustle. It's just like, I don't want to do this any other way. I am yep. so excited. So it's the, the place that the, uh, the movement is coming from is actually an internal thing. Is it like, are you aligned with your thoughts, your feelings that then propel you into an action that supports you and where, and it energizes you, or are you doing it from depletion, trying to keep up? or trying to prove yourself or, you know, what, one of those types of qualities that are draining. So it can look on the outside, like it's the same, but if you really look at the people who are successful, who are like, go do it every day, like they're driven by something very powerful inside. And they would have had to have found that before they would have the energy to go out and show up in that way. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really important distinction. Um, because it's going to be the fuel of the fire. Mm-hmm. So true. I love the idea. You said something around the matter of when you're lit, things just flow, right? It's no yes, longer yes. a push, but like I just envisioned like this fire inside of me and then like the river rushes and it's like, I just like show up and like everything's working and I can like, yeah. you know, do all the things that I was struggling to do before because I'm in that flow state or whatever mm-hmm you know, lingo you have around that. And sometimes that comes after a season of pause or a week of pause. So it's really like finding that flow. And I don't think it's the same for everyone. Like I, I do believe some people have seasons of business. So some people are like January, I'm all in. And then February I rest. And other people, especially women are like, you know, week one of my period, like I don't do anything and nothing's coming to me. Or some people feel like that's when they flow best. So it's like, you almost have to find what works for you, but don't be afraid to embrace those slower seasons or change of seasons, we'll call them. It's not slow. I feel like that's the wrong term based on our conversation today, yeah. but um, yeah, to welcome in the, the evolution and the shift of season. Yeah. And I think that this is another area where mindset is really helpful because when you understand how things happen, it's easier to relax into them. So for example, Mm. we would call this like the law of rhythms. So this would be the same as like when the tides go out and the tides come in or the, the sun rises, the sun sets, like there are natural rhythms in the world and in the universe and in nature. And so we're no different. So when we understand that we are well, like we're literally, I mean, this analogy is used like all the time, but it's true of like what we're planting. An idea is a seed. Mm-hmm. So when we sit every morning and think in the ways that I was talking about, letting it come to life, we're literally nurturing the seed with the understanding of the order of the process of, of nature that it 
starts to sprout. And so with mindset, where we get in the way is when we're not understanding it all in this sequence, that this is literally the process of getting to results and success. Um, we can get in the way and be like, the seed is not a flower. What's happening? There's something wrong with me. And then we associate like this gap in time as a problem or a failure. And then we personalize it and then we make it about ourselves. And then we're, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like no one's nurturing the seed. No one is like taking care of the water. Like none of it is like it. The soil is is not good. So I find the the inner understanding is what will allow the um, this process to, to happen naturally. And, and you can enjoy the process the whole way along. And that is also another invitation into the flow that you were describing. So like the flow is what leads to the success. It's, it's all like um, moving along in a really nice way when we just are a little bit more um, allowing of it. We don't interfere with our, you know, mm-hmm. dark side. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, I do see a lot of people who like they start planting seeds and they expect to harvest them. And this goes for any area of life, right? They want to harvest them 12 days later. And it's like, no, no, no. Like there does have to be this implantation phase and the nurturing phase or when the seed goes to a seedling. And I think the fact that you actually bring awareness that this is a process, like the law of rhythms, like, and embrace it and experience joy, I think is what you said, versus feel like you're the problem in all of this when in reality you just haven't given that. So it is a mindset shift. It's kind of- It is a mindset shift and it's an energy shift. Um, and I think it comes in part with like the instant gratification culture that we have now. And especially when we see things online, it just looks like, what does Steve Jobs say? It's, it always amazes me how long it takes to get an overnight success. Yeah. People don't see the, they don't see the work that goes into the time when it looks like you're not working. When you're sitting, Mm -hmm. I'm going like this because I do it over here. So (laughs) when you're sitting letting yourself imagine more possibilities so that you're unlocking into the unlimited. That is a discipline. It takes attention, focus, permission, all of these. They don't see that part. They just see you in flow. So it looks like, like, oh no, it's working for her and not for me, you know? So we, we get into comparison because we, we're not really seeing the whole process for people at all. Mm-hmm. When an entrepreneur spends time cultivating a greater mindset or a better mindset or just a more expansive mindset, what are some of the most common benefits or outcomes that they might see in their life? Uh, well, I'll just speak for what I hear back from my clients of like what they, what they say. So, like I said, they come in with a presenting problem, but then there's all this other stuff that happens. And one of the main things that I hear is, uh, a real natural integration of being able to respond instead of react to scenarios. So often without a mindset practice, people Mm. feel like everything is happening to them. So it's like a very reactionary place. It's like, I'm out of control. The situations are like so bad and I'm at the mercy of whatever's happening around. 
the economy, my family, all the things. Hmm. So it's a really, really stress inducing. Um, with a mindset practice, there is a practice of engaging in like a pause between the information and your interpretation and how you choose to filter in that information. Or if something's bothering you, like how to respond to it instead of just be like purely unconsciously, like just reacting to it. So there's a huge empowerment place just in that one technique. That's just one thing, but it's very, very common where people are like, I just feel like I have a relationship with my life now, not, I'm not at the mercy of it anymore. Um, and so as a result of that as well, with mindset, uh, relationships change. So in business, there is a different placement that people put on where they sit in their hierarchy of their work, of their business. So learning how to understand how important it is to pay attention to what you pay attention to and what you're focusing on and all, all of that and how it impacts the way that you show up in communication with other people, including clients, potential clients, business partners, bosses, like there's an empowerment component where it's like, now I'm meeting you as a different person. I am a I am, I'm understanding my value and my contribution in a different way because I spend time getting to know myself. And now I'm learning, here's all that I have to offer. Here's who I really am. Here's where I, so you show up like that and then you get received differently by people. So, so it's cool because what happens when you do mindset work is that the evidence of that work shows up in your life. So people in your life, this usually shows up in families first. So like people who you have tensions with sort of dissolves and you're like, Oh, well, that's weird. I just had an incredible conversation with my mother. She usually triggers me mm-hmm. like that type of thing. So you start to see it there and you're like, I think I've changed or they give you feedback. They'll be like, something's different about you. So then when you, you when you apply it to something like your big goal around business, mm-hmm. it's like, people can feel that like you have like I, I don't know what it is but I want to work with you like there I can feel there's something about you that like it's um or the way that you're presenting your product like it's just a it's like a you elevate your brand basically but it's weird because we're not talking about the brand we're just talking about you yep inside mm-hmm so powerful. And I mean, as many of our listeners are building their own brand and acting as the spokesperson of their brand and the salesperson of their brand and the marketer of their brand, and like they're doing all the things like they are the most important investment. And the mindset is very much a dictator of what gets outputted and how things unfold on this journey that is entrepreneurship. So, yeah, like, um, there's one client that I worked with who had a, you just reminded me of this with, you're talking about the brand because she hadn't developed the mindset. She was in putting herself in a position that was lower than her customers, her investors and all of that. So she was in the energy of need. Like I need, I need them to say yes. I need them to buy. Like I need buyers. So it had that, that graspy energy almost, you know, that it can happen with new entrepreneurs. And then as she was shifting this, she started to realize, 
oh, like actually this is, this brand is like, this is incredible what we're doing. And so she started to really fall in love with it and realize what her strengths as the spokesperson was. And it's totally shifted. And yeah. now people are booking appointments to her. Like, how do I get involved in your company? How do I invest in your company? Like how, and she's like, I could take it or leave it. So she's, <laughs> it's incredible. Nothing has actually changed. Yeah. Except her self positioning from a true place, not an ego place. And, um, and she's realizing, she's like, I don't need to sell you on something. I just need to bring out more of me. And I know, cause it's such an amazing thing that I'm doing. You're going to want in mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's, see, feel the difference there, right? It's huge. Really, yeah. It's huge. Oh yeah. Very aspirational. And you know, that's the, the methodology that I like to utilize in my own business. Like I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything. I'm trying to showcase like who I'm here to be and what I can offer. And in that energy, if you feel like it's a match and <laughs> you know, we have a relationship because you trust me and I'm being 110% myself. Yeah. If that can shine through, I trust that the consumer can make an informed decision and that I don't have to practice crazy marketing funnels and tactics because like what you see is what you get. Like I am coming from a place of wholeness and, and confidence. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. There's no, you don't have to compensate for anything. Exactly. Yeah. So they're intelligent customers, right? It's yeah. like, that's the other thing. It's like, yeah. like intelligent people, they know what they want. They know how to like find a link. They know how yeah. to press a button if they know that they want something. You don't have to be like, come here, come here, come here, come here. It's like, we don't have to do that. Yeah, you don't need to read a script at the end of your webinar that like somebody else wrote. It's like, yeah. and for a limited time only, you can get my offer at 59%. It's just like, wh why? But I mean, it's so, so freeing. Yeah, it's freeing. And honestly, I'm like, I want everyone to re-listen to the last 10 minutes of this and like internalize that it is possible to run a business in this way. And, um, and really just to vouch for the power of the work that you do with clients and how important that is. So well, <laughs> I think we're just going to have to book a part two or send people to, like so fast. <laughs> to your area of the internet. So where can we find you, learn more about you, connect with you? Uh, what is the best way if somebody's listening and they're, they're really keen to just learn more from Catherine, uh, where should we go? Well, my website is mindsetcoaching.ca. Great domain. I loved it when I saw that. <laughs> Um, and then my Instagram is CF minds. Uh, I just changed it. Is it CF coaching or CF mindset coaching? I don't even remember. I'm going to link it in the show notes. So okay. I yeah. literally changed it last week from my name to the mindset coaching. So it's, so we'll put it in the link, but um, absolutely, but on Instagram for sure. And, uh, and then my website for sure. And are you working on anything, launching anything, or should we just stay tuned to your platforms to see what's going on in 2023? Well, 2023 is going to be a really good year. <laughs> Ooh. Uh -huh. Yeah, there's a lot of transformation going on. I'm really excited because I'm taking everything that we're talking about today and, um, and I'm doing that with my business in terms of what I'm offering and how I'm offering it. So I would say this would be an amazing year if it was the first time you were coming into my world it would be like an amazing year to explore that 
I would want to. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. I would want to, too. So, (laughs) (laughs) Catherine, thank you so much. This flew by. I've really enjoyed getting to know your perspective and your expertise. And thank you for showing up and opening up. And we wish you all the best and hopefully talk to you again soon. Thank you. I would love that. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis, so it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method Business Coaching Experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.